In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Frauds and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two frauds. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 35, Sex Stuff. Sex Stuff. Sex Stuff. <laughs> Let's just, just keep repeating the sex. word sex. S-E-X. S-E-X. Let's talk about sex. Um, I think that, uh, yeah. Let's now talk I start about sex, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things. Maybe. Let's talk about sex. Oh, boy. We may have to cut that. Yeah. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful that while we did it. That is the closest we've come to having to pay for something. And I wanted Do you think salt and pepper is just on, you know, off copyright at this point? Like everyone just, you know. Can sing it and do whatever. I say let's I roll say the dice. Let's do it. <laughs> I think Salt and Pepper would like us. Yes. Yes. And I'm a yeah. I mean, if you want me to do Shoop, I'll do that too. I will sing Shoop to you. Yeah. Salt and Pepper. And by yeah. sing, I mean salt rap. I like the way you're good at that. <laughs> salt and Pepper. So, in case you couldn't tell by our discussion and our poor singing, um, we are talking about sex stuff Baby. this week. <laughs> I think um, we're talking about books that involve sex. Yes. We're talking about writing that's actually good with sex. Yes. It can go real wrong, Erin. So wrong. Not so wrong. It's right. Like, no, it real, doesn't turn. Straight, no, straight wrong. Just straight off the off ramp yeah. to wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's no quick U-turn back into right. And I think sometimes there are books that are just like sex scenes with like the minimum of plot between them. Hey, that's fine. We're not really talking about that no, today. No, 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 no. We're talking about, you know, sex folded in yes, somehow. Yes. Maybe it's actually a central part of the plot. Maybe it is. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Just like sex is a central part of being a human being. It is. Yes. I liked watching you reach for words there. <laughs> I was like, where am I going with this? I was like, she'll and... land it eventually and I'll enjoy the ride. <laughs> 
I wish sometimes our podcast was visual to see some of the expressions we make yeah. on our face because they're gold. Just straight gold. They are. Solid gold. Solid gold. <laughs> Hits, baby. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's what we should have named our podcast. Solid gold moments. Oh my God. Gold nuggets. And then we, I would have paid for the solid gold song Yeah, and the solid gold dancers to do like a routine for wow. us. Wow. All right. We're throwing yeah. a lot of money at this all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> all worth it, Aaron. I agree. All, all worth it. All worth it. Yeah. Okay. So to get into this, get into the mood, get if you will. <laughs> now I feel weird about this episode. <laughs> Something about the way you said that just made me real <laughs> uncomfortable. This I know. A, I yeah. won't sing Luther Vandross <laughs> then. <laughs> I was going to go Barry White, but okay. Either one. <laughs> I'll put these candles away real oh, quick. Oh, good, 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 good. Oh, dear. We shouldn't have recorded at night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really important question. Oh, please. Go for it. Would you, Amy, Yes. go to a nudist colony? <laughs> I think I would in one circumstance. Okay. So you know how like you go to a gym and in the locker room, there are women that are fully clothed and there are women that are just straight up nude. Yes. yes. And they are confident as all hell and I'm all for it. But I myself, because there are still some clothed people, I feel uncomfortable. If I can get to the nudist colony and I am guaranteed that everyone there is naked mm-hmm. and there is no like public disrobing, like I don't have to awkwardly take my clothes off in oh. front of anyone. Sure. Okay. Do it. Because okay. then we're all there. We're right. all naked. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. I think if you just remove the awkwardness okay. of that initial moment, sure. Yeah. All right. I can see a lot going wrong with the situation, but I'm thinking in my head, yeah, that'll go fine. That'll go fine. Yeah. All right. What all about right. you? Uh, it's a hard pass for me. <laughs> and here's why. You're not going to come with me to the nudist colony? I mean, maybe if you were going, but here's why. It has nothing to do with the people actually being nude. I actually think that would be fine for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. Like the Everyone's locker room doing thing, it. that makes yep. me feel very free. Like mm-hmm. I can get on board. My problem is that I am an avid people watcher and I oh. feel like that's going to be taken wrong in a nudist colony. That's a very good point. Like my intense scrutiny is probably not okay when you're yeah, naked. Yeah, that's a good point. Because when you're wearing clothes, somehow that's a shield against your intense yeah, scrutiny. Yeah, like I'm still like, oh, whoa. Yeah. But I, mean, I love people watching. It's one of my yes, favorite things to do. It's fascinating. Oh God, we're going to get kicked out. Because yeah, of our they're going to be like, watching. "You're leering." I'm like, yeah. "No, I'm no, people just watching. Looking, I'm just not, looking." It really has nothing to do with that. Mm. Your nakedness. Mm-hmm. It has to do with that weird thing you ate. That I can't believe you ate that <laughs> on well, a beach. You were naked. Yeah. Why are you eating ribs right now? <laughs> That's what it would be. <laughs> so you went nude, but you put on a rib bib. I don't get it. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's a great point. Question for you. Mm-hmm. When does looking cross over into leering? I don't know. That's why I can't go. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the line. <laughs> I want to say I do. <laughs> but I can feel confident that in my people watching, I have leered. And so... Me too. Yeah. But like you said, that shield of clothing has protected us. Yeah. It would not protect us mm-hmm. in that situation. And if my mouth is agape because I'm so shocked, I don't want you to think it's because of anything on your person. No. It's your actions. (laughs) And I also don't want you, gentlemen over there, me staring at you, does not take that as like a, oh, I'm into you. Oh, yeah. This is me like, what the F is on your face kind of thing. Yeah. 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 What is that weird mole on your belly? Yeah. Or like, why did you decide that this was the appropriate time to put together a remote control car and yeah. race it around the beach? And why, if you have a third nipple, have you come to this nudist <laughs> colony? <laughs> because you're going to get leered at. 
Also, can I ask you some follow-up questions? <laughs> Tell me more about that nipple. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guy in the water with your dog in an inner tube, <laughs> did you come with anyone? That's not a come on. I'm just really wanting to know. <laughs> We're going to get in real trouble. We can't go to a nudist no, colony. No, ever. I don't think so. I can also see it turning easily into a cult. And we've already established <gasps> how we feel about cults. Oh, you're so right. It could get real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could get more accidentally brainwashed when you're naked. <laughs> yeah, you're probably you right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like they make you disrobe mm-hmm. and then suddenly they hit you with the space god and you're like, sure, I'm naked. Yeah, I mean, I'm everything in. feels topsy-turvy yes. right now. <laughs> could, everything that's wrong could be right. I don't know. That said, most women's clothes are a nightmare. So yeah. I, I am all for nudity. Yeah. To be more comfortable. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we, we established that. Whew. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So keeping that in mind, because there's a lot of things that would go into a nudist colony and like a lot of, you know, understanding. Sure. Uh, do you feel that you're equipped to teach sex ed? <laughs> and if so, what would you like to cover that isn't? You know, I don't know if I'm equipped to teach it, Okay, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Oh, good. Because what I want to teach girls especially, like... Sure, you're pulled aside and you're told about menstruation mm-hmm. and you're told about how your body's going to change. You are not told that it's okay to like sex, that it's okay to protect yourselves. Mm. It's okay to like figure out what you like sexually. Like sex is not this horrible thing that you're probably being taught that it is. Yeah. And girls, it's okay. It is. It's just okay it to like it, to figure it out, to explore. Yes. Get out there and explore. Maybe not when you're 10. I haven't thought this through fully. But, no, I, you know. I picture yeah, you yeah. in an older age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class. Yeah, you don't want to be doing the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Another thing I want to tell girls, mm. it's okay to like sex if you have a bigger body than normal. You know, you see a lot of like yes. sex scenes with real thin ladies yeah. up in the cinema. Wasn't sure where up in the was going, and then it landed at cinema, and I was simultaneously overjoyed and confused. <laughs> Again, one of those situations I wish we were recording this visually because your expression just whew, up in the cinema. Up in the cinema. Anyway, the point is, yes, it's okay to like it, no matter what body you're in, yes. no matter who you like, yeah, doing it with. There you go. Go for it. Yes. That's my sex ed. Boom. I like it. Yeah. Done. Well done. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to straight nudity, though. Okay. So, Aaron, (laughs) (laughs) I am willing to bet Mm. you have a moment involving nudity that is either A, weird, B, strange, C, funny, D, awkward, or E, all of the above. It is indeed all of the above. Right, yeah. right, 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 and I actually have multiple to pick from. Sure. Yeah. The one I'm going to discuss today, uh, <laughs> when I was in college, I took a job as a nanny for a period of time for oh, a professor that I had. Sounds um, terrible already. And I went and interviewed, and it was clear from their dynamic right from the beginning that he wanted children and she did not, and she was pregnant, and she was going to have to take off for a period of time from work and she was had a high level, you know, very career focused job. She was, um, that she spent a lot of hours at and she was in, in the interview. This was prior to them having the baby. 
she was very adamant that she was wanted to spend the least amount of time at home. Like she needed to transition back to work as soon as possible. Okay, fine. So, uh, interviewed, they said, great. They had the baby. They call me back. So I come back the first day that I'm going to nanny and she's going to have me do a few other things around the house before she went back. So I'm, she wants me to come to, you know, bond with the baby or whatever. And I come and she's topless, which didn't totally take me by surprise. She said she was breastfeeding. Okay, fine. Like I can, you know, I'm an adult at this point. I can get past some boobs. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. What I didn't account for (laughs) was she initially met me in the kitchen, which Uh is fine. And I'd been in the baby's, you know, nursery. And she invited me into their bedroom because she was sitting on the bed. You know, she's back in the hospital, whatever. So she had me come in there to get some stuff, take baby's room. What I did not anticipate when I closed the door, shut the door to get diapers that were on the floor, was a huge painting of her nude. Oh! Horribly done. Oh! And her husband had done it. Oh, yeah. God. This is like the triple whammy of terrible. Yeah. So then I like had to edit my face because she's right there. Oh, and my I'm God. like, that's you. You're nude. It's clearly an amateur job. What is going on? And I turn around and she tells me this whole story about how, yeah, he was this great gift and he get Disney and he a wonderful painter. And I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say. I have so many follow-up questions, but uh-huh. mostly about like her frame of mind. Like if her husband gave her this painting, do you think she was like, this is shit, but I'm going to hang it on the wall just to prevent any future fights? Or do you think like, God, I am just so beautiful and he did this. I know and I not know that she was like vain in the sense that I'm so beautiful, but I she was a very strong personality and I know mm. for she would have not backed down from a fight because I was I've heard many okay. of their fights. Okay. So I don't think if she didn't like it she wouldn't have put it up. Uh-huh. I think it was more like a, when I look back now, almost like there was a shock factor or something yeah. to it. Like she kind of liked the like, like look how cool we are to have this. Yes. In our yeah, yeah, yeah. There was kind of that edge to it more than like a vein. Oh, I'm so good looking. Cause it wasn't flattering. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. But also strange to show to you pretty much mm-hmm. on the first day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And also without warning. Like, yeah, without said, warning. Yeah. I could have edited my face on the way back. If yep. you had been like, hey, I want to show you this painting. I don't know how you address that, I guess. Like, yeah. hey, my husband did this painting. I want to show you. And I'd have been Maybe like, Maybe just address no. it by the fact that you knowing you have a, a young woman coming into the house to work for you. Maybe maybe just address it. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, don't let her into the bedroom. Right. Or take that painting down for a while. And I'm like, you know, man, I dealt with your boobs. But <laughs> I think I have to draw the line at being like face to face with a full size crotch shot, basically. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, the painting was that big. It was like. It was large. Okay. It was like okay. basically took up the whole wall. Wow. He used the whole canvas. Do you think she sat for portraits for that? I don't know. Okay. I, I have off. I didn't consider that at the time out of the sheer shock. But I, I, I have thought about this. In retrospect, I imagine. and I have often wondered, yeah, did he work off photos? Did he? Did she sit? I don't. I Was don't that know. part of their dynamic? Yeah, somehow? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, honestly, when you started that story, I thought it was going to be like the story where you, um, your underwear was down and your boss caught you in the toilet. Yeah, I thought it was going to be nudity involving you. No, this was a whole. No, 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 this no, no. was yeah. threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. I like it though. I yeah, like this story. Yeah, yeah, it was something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, yeah. on ang- uh, you know uncomfortableness, yeah. weirdness. Let's talk about sex stuff. Let's. <laughs> Why don't you show me your painting? <laughs> <laughs> 
think that's when looking goes to leering. That line right there. Oh, show, show me, me your, your painting. <laughs> show me your painting. <laughs> See, this is my problem. Is that I give too many points for humor. So if someone yes. said that to me, I would think it was so hilarious. I'd be like, fine. Yes. You're like, oh shit, this is harassment. Oh no. What have I done? <laughs> I thought you were hilarious. Yes. Turns out you're terrible. I think that's a good point, too. Mm-hmm. I can easily fall for that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't your intent at all. Oh, no, you weren't being yeah, funny? No. Oh. oh. Oops. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, let's move into some fiction Let's get some picks. picks. Talking about sex. sex stuff. My fiction pick is called Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl yes. by Andrea Lawler okay. from 2017, okay. mm-hmm. a small press, rescue press, based mm-hmm. out of Iowa City. Yes. <clears throat> so it is the early 1990s in Iowa City, mm-hmm. and Paul is 22, 23-ish. And Paul is sort of a shapeshifter. Usually Paul takes the form of a gay man, but Paul can transform into a she with female parts, and they name this version of themselves Polly. The first time they do this, they want to know what sex feels like for a girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. So whatever form they're in, Paul slash Polly, they're, they're seeking something. They're going to bars and they're going to hookups and they're going to parties in Iowa City and then in Chicago and Boys Town and then in Michigan and Massachusetts, San Francisco, sort of all over the place. And they're having a lot of sex all over this country. And in every sort of, like, combination and permutation you could think of, like, every sort of, you know, straight, queer, all sorts of sex. And some crazy kind of hot scenes along the way. I'm going to uh-huh. tell you that right okay. now. And the sexcapades, you know, they're, they're pretty fun. And at least they are on the surface. Because what I really like about this in, in one way is it's sort of like for fantasy fulfillment. I think a lot of us wonder, like, what is sex like for our partner? Or oh, what yeah. is sex like if, like, if we identify as a woman, what would sex feel like for a man? Mm. Or if I identify as a woman and straight, like, what would it be like to have sex with another girl? Like, mm-hmm. we have so many sort of questions, and this kind of addresses a lot of that. Oh. It's really, really interesting. It's also super fun. It was super fun for me to follow along in Iowa City and Chicago in the 90s. There's lots of places I recognize. It's very, very cool. I also liked that um, Andrea Lawler uses this sort of supernatural idea to talk about identity in a way, um, as well as sexual behavior. Because if our bodies can change as we want them to, then then who are we really? Mm. Like, how do we identify if we can be male one moment and female the next and gay one moment, straight the next? And once we see Paul slash Polly transform a few times, we see that these kind of questions haunt them as well. So they're sort of searching for who they really are in the way of a lot of young queer people, I think. And they're trying on clothes. They're trying on looks. They're trying on physical shapes to see what feels right and to see what feels real, ultimately. So I love this book. I, um, in our last episode, remember I said that I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I you know, did a master's thesis on the, oh, the yeah, book yeah, that we talked yeah. about. I'm going to do it again because okay. I included this in my um, most recent, like, um, MFA craft yeah. essay. Loved it. I did a book review on this. Like, each time mm-hmm. I sort of dug into it, there's so much there that's so deep and fun, and I just love it. It's funny. It's dark. It's strange. It's hot as hell. Go for it. I can attend. It is on my list. I actually ordered it after I read your book did review. You? <laughs> yeah, and I need to, I you know... Because I'm addicted to books. There's books everywhere. And then I forget which one, you know, I get distracted by a pretty other thing. And then (sighs) isn't that sex stuff right there? It is getting distracted by a pretty other thing. Yeah. And then I'm like, I need to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I need to stick to what I know. Yes. Yeah. 
Sounds great. <laughs> this book. It is. Yes. All right. Well, my uh, fiction pick this week is called uh, Fleischman is in Trouble Ooh. by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Um, so this book, it's fairly new, actually, in 2019. Um, it was shortlisted for the National Book Award, among, her, uh, among other high praises um, and book awards. But it's her first novel. It's this author's first novel. She's written for many magazines before. Um, Amy mentioned, actually, before this episode that she wrote a really in-depth piece about Goop. Yes. Or- and I, I think I'll link to it in the show notes because yeah. it is... Like, I read it, and then I was like, I want to read whatever she does in the future, because the way she took it on is just incredible. I I want to, I need to read it now and compare, because this book was phenomenal. Um, (coughs) So we start out, sorry, (coughs) with the main character, uh, Toby, who's 41, and we find out he's in the middle of a divorce. So he married the love of his life, Rachel. He couldn't believe that she went for him. Uh, He felt like kind of the quintessential dorky guy who didn't really have a lot of long-term relationships, didn't really find himself um, being what women wanted. He's a doctor now, um, a kidney specialist. Uh, She has a very high-level career as well. Um, They have two kids. And he finds himself there. They're about to the point where they're going to sign papers. So they are living separately. They're trying to co-parent. And the book opens with him in this new world of dating, which is totally different than, you know, his college years, as in there's a lot of dating apps, social media plays a large part. So he's trying to traverse this sometimes with the help of his um, interns at the hospital, trying to explain things to him. So what he finds is that he, because he's 41, because he has a successful career, he is a hot commodity on the dating app. So all of a sudden he's experiencing being super attractive and wanted. So he's trying to figure out how to deal with that power and that knowledge, how to traverse this new dating world. And in the same time, he's basically telling us the story of his life, um, it is actually told from the viewpoint of someone else. I won't tell you who in the story, but the whole story is actually told from another viewpoint. Um, and so, but it feels like you're watching him directly do it. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're also hearing the story of his wife, Rachel. And so for the first large part of this book, you are following just what's happening to them now, you know, how he's trying to get through. But quickly at the beginning of the book, we find out that Rachel has disappeared. She was supposed to pick up the kids. She never shows up. Toby's been trying to get a hold of her. She said she was going to a retreat to find herself, and now he can't get a hold of her. So he's also now dealing with taking on all of the responsibility for the children, you know, um, nanny, school supervision, dealing with the problems they're going through at their ages, like 11 and 9, I think. Um, And so he's faced with a lot of problems he's never dealt with before, that he doesn't have a partner to say, you know, how do we want to do this Mm -hmm. or can you handle this? So he starts to come to this realization that maybe the way that he's portrayed everything or thought about everything might not be true. Because now that he's forced to take on all these other sides of the responsibility and have a career and be successful, things are starting to look a little different to Uh him. And right about the time that we're feeling like he might be getting there, the narrator flips and starts to tell us, some of Rachel's story. And so ultimately I won't, you know, give away the end or anything, but it is fascinating how this goes. It's a fascinating look at sex in the digital age, in this stage of uh, dating apps and Mm -hmm. social media and how that all plays a part. It's fascinating in terms of sex inside a marriage and a marriage in general, how that plays a part, attractiveness, um, Especially it seems like in divorce, you know, there's this kind of need to paint one or the other, the problem or blame or one wants to come out as the victim. And this story does an amazing job of dissecting it from the inside so Mm -hmm. that you 
can't really say one or the other is or isn't. And it's really rewarding to watch the characters learn more about each other in these situations where they thought that they knew everything there was to know, you know, that they were at the end of their relationship essentially. So it, like I said, it's funny. Um, there's a lot of really funny moments. There's a lot of sad moments. It's overall super relatable, no matter where you are in life. If you are dating right now and on Mm -hmm. the dating apps, you're probably going to find even more humor than I did. If you're married, you're going to understand a ton of it. If you've gone through a divorce, you're going to understand a ton. If you are just in a serious relationship or had a relationship and whatever stage you're in, you're going to get something from it. And she's as an author, she is smart and witty and lots of great observations and it, flows it's like a compulsive read like you just tear through it i like that idea too because i imagine you know um from rachel's perspective you know uh uh, toby comes out and he's you know super hot 41 year old and she comes out and she's 41 Mm -hmm. um she will not be seen as the hot commodity that maybe she was when she was younger right an interesting comment on aging in our dating society too. yeah Yeah. and there is some of that and what's interesting is that there's this whole use of this sex in the digital age is kind of the backdrop to help you understand these two and understand kind of their personalities and why this is so amazing to Mm -hmm. him and so i loved that that use of sex as a tool to bring out all these other things which is true to life i think so very much so yeah maybe that's why we named it sex stuff because sex sex is so tied to so many different things yeah yeah. So this certainly has sex stuff in it. Well, great. Yes. And just like in real life, some awkward, some wonderful, some everything in between. I kind of love actually when we see like awkward sex happening in a novel or yeah. in a book because it feels so much more real. Yeah. In a way, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially to his character. I mean, yeah. to this is he met his wife early on in college and they married. I mean, he's way beyond dating in the digital age or yeah. anything like that so trying to figure this all out and trying to understand how quick and direct everything was is yes. also makes for a lot of really funny scenes wow so mm-hmm. hmm. that sounds great yeah because like i said when i read that goop article i was like she's funny she can get to you know the the heat of the matter very very quickly but also just give you a hell of a ride too. Yeah. yeah yeah no i really enjoyed it yeah Thanks i would so absolutely much. pick up anything else by her because it was Sweet. great. Yeah. Great. Well, other genre books. I picked one, and we just discovered before this show that yes. we both read this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I want to hear your take on it later as well. But the book is called Three Women by Lisa Tadeo mm-hmm. from actually hot off the presses earlier this month. I think it came out on my birthday, in fact, in July. What? Birthday gift for me. It was. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> I actually just finished this this week, and I'm still processing it. I think you said you're kind of still processing yeah, it, Yeah, I just finished it this week, too, which yeah. is weird. We did not even talk we that we're reading not. the same book. How weird is that? It's real weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ride or die. So, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, Lisa oh. Tadeo, she originally set out to write about desire from the male perspective. Um, she was sort of interested in seeing like how men's desire it sort of seems to be all consuming she says in the introduction that like presidents forfeit glory for blowjobs and husbands will throw aside whole marriages for a little bit of strange Mm -hmm. and so she thought that she was going to talk about that element of desire but she found that actually the female perspectives and the female experience were much more fascinating but also hard to understand so she found three women followed them around lived around them for years and we were talking about this actually took eight years of her life Mm -hmm. right she got to know these three women um very intimately uh she dug extremely deep and so this book then is about their desire um 
Maggie is from Fargo, and she is a teenager who confides in her favorite teacher when he suddenly starts cultivating a relationship between them. And she's a teenager consumed with Twilight novels about forbidden desire. So this sort of seems exciting and powerful to her, but also the fact that he dictates the rules, like when she can contact him, like how they can be together, that kind of stuff. She sort of feels completely at his whim. And later, after they break it off, she gets a little older, and he is named Teacher of the Year in North Dakota. She finally realizes this was really wrong, and she needs to speak up. So then there's a trial, and it's probably no surprise to any of us who know how little women and girls are believed how that trial goes. Um, Lena is from Indiana, and she's a married mom who is beyond lonely in her marriage. Like, her husband won't touch her, won't kiss her. He finds it uh, disgusting. And she is desperate. So she hooks up with an old boyfriend and sort of turns herself inside out to experience those fleeting moments of of wanting and being wanted and sort of living in that brief time that she has him. And her whole life sort of revolves around that pretty much. She will, you know, if she gets a text from him, she will rearrange everything to be with him for just a little bit, Mm -hmm. even knowing how little he regards her. Then there's Sloane from Long Island, and she is married to and owns a restaurant with a guy who is turned on by seeing her with other men. So desire becomes extremely complicated for her, especially when she's helping him fulfill his fantasies, but yet she's sort of feeling um, good and bad things about the situations as well. And when her partners are married too, then things start getting even more complicated. The structure is back and forth between the three women. There's scenes, there's moments, there's memories, there's uh, text exchanges, there's all sorts of stuff. I loved it because the book, to me, was so intense. It felt so personal. It felt so real. The way that she writes it is extraordinary. It can be real. What I got from this is it can be so hard to understand your own desires sometimes. And then to see her sort of translate how these women felt into a very tangible, very, you know, um, visceral way. It just felt like, oh, my God, there were so many moments I felt like a recognition, like, yes, that's how it feels. Or yes, Mm -hmm. that's how like um, that specific moment might feel. Um, To me, that was a sign that this was super, super real. There was another sign, too, that she actually was talking to more women and talking to a couple families to be included. And then after a few months, they were like, "Uh, -uh. even with you changing names, I don't want to be involved in this. It's too personal. It's too revealing. All that kind of stuff. Um, One last thing. She said in an interview that after I found Lena, I knew the book was about desire. Desire is linked to sex, but it has almost nothing to do with it. They can be completely separate from each other, and they can also be completely interwoven. And sometimes sex is just sex. And when that was the case, I wasn't interested. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I I was kind of floored by it in a lot of ways. I think I am still processing it. But Mm -hmm. uh, what did you think, Erin? Same. I think I'm still processing on a lot of levels. I think the idea of it, I love the idea that you, you know, you start from this place of it being, um, you're kind of talking about male desires being Mm -hmm. all consuming and you're kind of flipping that and talking about the female perspective of it. Um, I think that there, which it's interesting because as a reader and as an avid reader and someone who frequently now talks about books, I think it's easy to want a book to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that I'm even getting caught up in that. Like I wanted her to take it a little bit further and I, and I'm not sure now that it really needed to in that sense. I mean, it, it, it's a book about desire and mm-hmm. that's really what you're reading and it's raw and it's in- interesting and compulsively readable. I mean, very page turning yeah. like no other, but I think, um, 
it left me with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think my first reaction as a reader is to want the author to answer those. And now that I'm kind of processing, I'm wondering if that's just what her purpose was. I'm just going to bring up some questions. But that's and- a great point, especially as avid readers. I think we're used to um, maybe novels or other stories. Kind of, There's a sense of closure. There's a sense of mm-hmm. conclusion. And in this, there's not because no. these women are still living. So they're, they're either traumatized or somehow affected by these experiences. And they just keep living and desire keeps changing for them. And mm-hmm. this felt like almost a moment in time for them. You yeah. Know? And I think what was interesting for me is that for the with these three women um, – you can draw a definite line between, you know, when she said she started out thinking she was going to write about male desire mm-hmm. being all consuming, you can draw a line, A, about female, but also about how much male desire is intertwined yes. in female desire. Yeah. And you can get that from the stories. She doesn't necessarily pull that back anywhere. But now that I think about it, that wasn't really the way this book was set up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's set up to tell those stories and then you're kind of left with, okay, you know, and I think that as a female reading it, you can probably relate to things in there and say, oh, I can recognize those feelings, Mm -hmm. which probably was the bigger purpose in in my mind. And maybe in some ways, because it's so recognizable, we kind of want to see the end because we're like, explain it to me so I can understand myself a a little bit better. That's a good point. And and she doesn't Mm -hmm. do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if there would have been a way to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, like you said, compulsively readable, really mm-hmm. fascinating. You're going to have some feelings about it, yeah, both positive yeah. and negative, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like, too, how she kind of dissected how women can come after women and how, like, in the situation with Maggie being the teenager, she was often called whore and slut and all these things once news got out. Um, once, uh, you know, s- things start being rumored about Sloan, the older woman, um, the the women's reaction is is quite um hard mm-hmm. and so i really liked how she dug into that as well and why do we do that why because what we're taught because of how we experience desire it it's extremely complicated mm-hmm. well it is and i think as women you know we're always taught that everything's competition and i mean yes. the whole world is set yes. up to teach us that uh there's one basically accepted frame of reference for yep. desire, right? Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned it too before in the what you would cover in sex ed, you know, this kind of really attractive person is the one that's allowed to enjoy sex, to have it, to have it on their terms because they can have it with anyone. So they mm-hmm. get to be picky where there's this almost kind of feeling sometimes that females, well, if you don't fit this certain stereotype, then you yep. can have it this way, but no other way. And yeah. I think that that naturally sets up a competition where people feel threatened because if yours is different then that threatens mine, which yes. feels very normal. Yes. So I feel like that's, um, a, a very apparent in this book. And obviously, again, not the place probably to dissect that and cover it. It's a book all in mm-hmm. a topic all of its own. But well, and I got to thinking too, like how um, do we see other depictions this deep of female desire elsewhere? And mm-hmm. I can't really think of a place, you know, we, yeah, we may, uh, even in some of our own personal friendships and discussions, girls and girls, uh, we often don't get into that kind of stuff. No. We're often, you know, yeah, sort of, being competitive or being what we're taught to be right we're, we're shaming someone else we're mm-hmm. you know it's too hard to be vulnerable exactly. to feel like that's gonna get judged or yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. well that 
actually is pairs really well. Excellent. With the, with I totally I meant to do that. I knew you did. Yeah, Even yeah. though we didn't talk about it. Even I though I have knew. no idea what you're about to pick. Yeah. I know it's going to fit perfectly. Yeah. Well, my book is called Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life by Whoa. Emily Nagoski. Nagoski. Um, and she actually just recently wrote a book about called The Burnout Cycle that was about how to get out of the cycle of stressing yourself out or oh, always wow. trying to be bigger. Yeah. So I want to start with the author before I totally tell you what this book is about. Um, because the power of this book and the simplicity of this book really lies with her and really understanding what her background is. She has a PhD in health behavior with a doctoral concentration in human sexuality wow. from Indiana University. She has a master's degree in counseling with an internship at the Kinsey Institute Sexual Health oh Clinic. God. She's taught both graduate and undergraduate classes in human sexuality, relationships, communication, stress management, and sex education. So I wanted to say all that first because she, she knows legit. her stuff. Yes. She's not coming to this book as someone who's like, oh, love yourself or keep things spicy with a weird in-home sex party <laughs> toy. Like, that's not what this is. Like, if you're She's afraid. It, yeah. yeah like, if you're like, oh, no, and, I've yeah. been there. Or, like, I tried to talk to a friend yeah. and they were like, oh, well, I just, you know, whatever. Wow. This is not what this is. This okay. is a very science-based approach. This is very brain science. This is anatomy, all of those things. So her own explanation of her bio is, I'm here to teach women to live with confidence and joy inside their bodies. It's a small goal in the grand scheme of things, but it's a goal that I think truly does have the power to change lives. So the book explains why and how women's sexuality works. And it's based on groundbreaking research and brain science. It's not a bunch of like weird magazine quizzes. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, do Cosmo you Cosmo shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or weird like anecdotes like, oh, well, my friend said this. Yeah. None of that is in here. She spends a huge part of the book at the beginning fully illustrating that actually every single woman has their own individual unique sexuality. So much so that even our anatomy is unique to the point of it being so unique as in like our fingerprint. It's that unique. Yeah. That the combination of uh, woman's desire, woman's sexuality, and also their anatomy, people don't understand how different those are women, woman to woman because wow. of how society's mainstreamed it. Yeah. And she gives the example in her class of... Um, Showing like women have a certain, even women, she said, have a certain idea of what um, a vagina looks like. Mm -hmm. And she was like, people don't understand how different they all look. Mm -hmm. And so there, she's talking a lot about just honest truth, science facts that even as a female, I was kind of blown away. Um, but her main point is that because this is so unique and so different, and she spends the rest of the book explaining how you can understand your own desire, how you can use that, how that is playing a part in your relationships, both um, whatever your sexual relationships are, your long-term relationships, friends, at work, all those things, how, how you view all that stuff, how that comes out. And she is doing it all with the purpose of saying there is no comparison. Like we want this all to be reduced to one simple thing yeah. and it just isn't. That's Because amazing. each person is so different and each person is so different in what they want and desire because of the actual way they're made up. Mm -hmm. Not because they've been conditioned that way or not because they're a weirdo or whatever. Not to say that those things can't play a part, course, you know, but, experiences yeah. and stuff. But it's... This book is so informative, but it's also very readable and entertaining. She has a great writing style that um, she weaves in all the stuff that you want to see in a book like this, the science, the research, the studies. She backs everything up, she says, with evidence, with evidence from her own work 
Uh, so there's no way for you to dispute it and go, okay, well, that doesn't seem quite... It's just some lady spouting stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's also entertaining, which is... amazing. Yes, it's fantastic. It was a great read. I think no matter where you are in your journey as a female, I think this book, you should read it. Because there was stuff I didn't know. I had no idea. So... I'm sold. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And also, I kind of like the idea that we're all our own unique snowflake. Yes. In the way that our bodies and even our vaginas are set up. Yeah. And our brains. Yeah. yeah That's exactly. amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. And I, so I made fun of like the little quizzes, you know, in Cosmo yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But one of the great things that she does in this book, which is why I say you probably, if you get this, you should get your own copy because she has spots that you can jot things down or take quizzes, but her quizzes aren't like, oh, would you rather date, which boy of NSYNC are you most attracted to? (laughs) Like, it's not that it's like actual questions where you have to reflect on your own life experiences. And then she helps you translate what that means, like what, what's more important to you. So this is a very rudimentary example, but say maybe you're the type of person that is can only experience desire or sexual energy in a courtship situation uh-huh. or maybe you that a courtship situation actually is a turnoff you for out. you yeah. so th- she kind of explains that there's so many different combinations of all these things and once you kind of figure out how it works it's also really helpful for couples no matter whether you know straight um, gay, whatever it is, that can use that information and say, okay, see, this is why this works for me and this doesn't. Or wow. this is how we could use this to help us. Not just like, hey, look at, like, we yeah. should go to a hotel. That'll spice things up. Like, this is actual, it's not about spicing things up. It's about understanding it. Who and you connecting are and deeper. who your partner is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That also, even just that rudimentary example, it was like, that's why I hate flowers and I hate every. <laughs> stupid thing that is supposed to be romantic i can't stand any of that stuff it makes Mm -hmm. me so uncomfortable and i never know why so yeah Yeah, i'm gonna read about it i'm gonna figure it out yeah you'll find out that it's because you're unique and that part of your snowflake doesn't like that oh it does not it doesn't it's okay that's why i hate valentine's day i hate everything that's supposed to you know elicit some sort of reaction from you like yeah Mm -hmm. hate it all but i think that that also might be why I had a different reaction to this book at first to the three women because I had this kind of going in and then I was thinking like go further go further yeah this is also different but how you know and that wasn't what that author's purpose was yeah yeah yeah. but because I had this background knowledge going in I kept thinking like oh I want you to push this a little Mm -hmm. more I want you to push Mm -hmm. it a little more so again, that makes prob- great sense. Yeah, probably not entirely a fair reading so so you're saying we're going to read this book and we won't be able to see anything the same way again pretty much kind of yeah i kind of like that yeah yeah i want it to blow my mind mm-hmm. i am going to get my own copy yeah okay great yeah that's great Whew. and i haven't read the burnt ren read the burnout cycle yet but i intend to it just because i thought great. she her writing was amazing yeah. so yeah and burnout is one of those things that i need to know more about too because yeah. it happens so it easily does yes, yes. Well, pop culture-wise, yeah. oh, man, we have talked about a lot of sex stuff. Mm-hmm. Got more. Mm-hmm. Got more. I am recommending a show on Netflix called Easy. It has three seasons. It's done now. It was three total okay. seasons, um, about maybe 10 episodes each season of about a half hour each. Very easy to uh, sort of you know binge. Mm-hmm. Created by a guy named Joe Swanberg. And the easiest way to describe this, I think, is almost like a collection of short stories. Every episode is a different story. Mm. It tells the story of a person or a couple in Chicago. Um, Most of them are looking at how love and happiness are playing out in their lives, how it works in their lives, how they love and and be happy. And often that revolves around sex lives, too. 
Um, so one couple decides to open their marriage after 20 years. Um, one couple uses Tinder to bring a third person into their bed. Um, two couples go into business together. Uh, there's one that I... Um, it's called Vegan Cinderella, Aaron. Oh. And it's one girl falls for another girl who's vegan and tries to be vegan herself, and hilarity ensues. Oh. Yeah. That seems I like... thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, so it's all over the place. We've got straight couples. We've got gay couples. We've got biracial couples. We've got white couples. Um, I really love how sex and desire is depicted in this show. It's very frank. It's very realistic. It's very open. And there's some, you know, there's some great sex scenes happening, but it really serves a story. And you understand from that person's experience what this is meaning to them and how this is either helping their situation or harming it or whatever. Um, no judgment, just just experience. And the characters themselves are very complex, very real. And sometimes over the three seasons, you you revisit them. So there are a few couples like that one that opened their marriage after 20 years, you actually see them in like three or four more episodes. And you kind mm. of see how it's working out okay. over their lives, which is very interesting. What I found out doing some research this week is that most of the show is improvised. So Joe Swanberg, really? creator, yeah, apparently for every episode, he writes like a three to four page outline, gives it to his actors and says, all right, go for it. Like riff on this. And to me, after I learned that, I realized like, that's maybe why some of this feels so real. The conversations are, are they just feel like people actually having conversations and just kind of oh. seeing where things go. They're not, you know, scripted. You know what I mean? Right. And even the, the situations themselves, the, the way they get into them, it just felt so real. And I think it's because of that improvisational way that he's doing it, which is really cool. Interesting. And the cast itself is incredible. There are tons of character actors you've seen all over the place. There's Mark Marin, Dave Franco, Aubrey Plaza, Malin Ackerman, Orlando Bloom, Sophia wow. Bush, Zazie Beetz, Gugu Mubatha-Ra, and Jake Johnson, our new girl, Fave. Oh. And he's looking good, Aaron. Is he? Yeah, he's looking real good. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to check this out. Mm -hmm. I'd never yeah. heard of it. It's yeah. I think it kind of flew under the radar a okay. little bit, um, and and maybe because it's not you know a, a typical following the same people across. It is an anthology series. Yeah, and yeah, I I really like it. Okay, of that. I'm gonna check that out. Sounds and Jake awesome. Johnson. Yeah, well, yeah, you had mm -hmm. me at Jake Johnson. Yep. Yeah, even though that was at the end, you had me at Jake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the so way, he's in a he's in a new show right now called Stumptown. Yeah, with Kobe Smulders. I'm hooked. Oh, you like it? Yeah, okay, I, I haven't like checked it, it out at all. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. She's a PI. She's real badass. Yeah. Jake Johnson's her best friend. Oh, well. And there's some history between them. Oh. And he's he's looking good, Aaron. He's okay. looking real good. Oh, all right. I'm gonna check it out. I've seen commercials, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's great. I, okay. I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, <laughs> my pop culture pick is a movie actually that Amy and I saw together called Hustlers. I almost picked this. <laughs> I thought you might. I almost thought you might. So this is also a pretty oh, new release. Yes. If you haven't heard anything about it, it's a 2019 American crime drama film um, that is based on the New York Magazine's 2015 article by Jessica Presser called The Hustlers at Scores. And so it has J-Lo in it, if you if you didn't know. And they essentially are following the storyline of these three uh, strippers at mm -hmm. Hustlers that started kind of their own hustle. Mm -hmm. They had a scam, and they were... Not sugarcoated. They were drugging some people sure and were. then stealing yeah. yep. their money. Yep. Sure so um, that is the simplistic version of this whole story. Oh, my God. 
It's amazing. It is incredible. Yeah. It is fun to watch. It is, it'll leave you with questions. Yes. You'll have thoughts about things. Um, you'll love the characters. You, it's funny, but it's poignant. It's sad. It says a lot about different aspects of society. It says mm-hmm. a lot about um, things that are valued in females. It's, I loved it from beginning to end. I love too that, you know, it is based on this real story and, but it's also like very, you know, there's that speech JLo gives about, um, you know, all of these wall street guys, like they took all of our money. Why can't we just take their money back? Mm-hmm. And, also, you may leave um, wanting to start a life of crime because I left right. and I was like, Aaron, we're doing this just mm-hmm. so you know. Yeah. She's like, okay, that sounds good. I see no barriers. No, no barriers. Other than I have no coordination. Yeah. Yeah. The whole pole thing. Yeah. We may have to not do that part. Yeah. Which might be a tip off that we're not actually strippers, <laughs> but we'll work around it somehow. We'll work around it yeah, somehow. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you want to go just for the amazement of oh my J-Lo. She's freaking 50 and she is, um, yeah, she's... She's doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's doing well. That's a good way to put it. She's doing well. <laughs> but there's well. also a lot of incredible people in this movie. Yeah. There's Constance Wu. There's Lizzo. Lizzo. There's Cardi B. Yep. All sorts of wonderful people. Wonderful. Yeah. It's a great cast. It's a great movie. Um, and I thought, I watched a 2020 about it. I mm-hmm. haven't read the article yet, but there was a lot of interesting stuff that they drew from that. Um, I think one of my favorite lines in the movie is that the whole world's a strip Ugh. club. Some people are given the dollar bills and some people are taking them. Incredible. And I don't know if that could be more true. I think that is the height of truth. Right. That line right there. Yeah. yeah. I really love too how, you know, it is it is a funny movie. It is but it's also very, like you said, poignant and very pointed too. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot being pointed at our current system about the the economic sort of meltdown in 2008. Um, there's a lot going on here. And these women are just living the best way they can figure out how. Mm-hmm. And also maybe take it a little too far. But, yeah, you know. yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. fair. But, yeah. you know, what's interesting about this movie, too, if you have any reservations or one for being a movie about strippers and about that situation, very pretty minimum nudity really yeah and i don't think there's actually any sex no there isn't all. which no. is funny i thought about that after i picked this for sex but these stuff, are but technically love... sex workers and yes, so yeah, yeah it it really kind of points i mean there's a lot of um trying to coerce sex a lot of yeah. these men are trying to get these women to do what they want them to do mm-hmm. which is one more reason why the women are like listen we're gonna screw these guys yeah not in the physical sense right in the economic sense right correct Correct. In the mental sense. In the mental sense, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Hell of a pick. It was. It was delightful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we went to this movie again together. Yeah. And there were many times I looked over and you were watching for my reaction. <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but I do. I do. It is the thing. It is the thing. Yeah. We also saw this with our friend Heath. And yep. at one point he leaned to me and he's, when J-Lo was doing her, um, her sort of entry dance. Yeah. He just goes, she's 50. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, she is. It was also the reason I made you sit in between us because yes. I, if you don't know me well enough yet, I don't want to weird you out by leering at you. I think that's a good use of the word that leering the word while leer. you're watching a movie. But I asked you about this and why do you do this again? Because I love it so much and yeah. then I'm waiting to see if you love yep. it as much. Mm-hmm. It's a need for you to enjoy it with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked Mike about this after we talked about it last time. And he's like, you do it with everything. It's like we watch TV, you do it. If you hear something funny on the radio, you look at me. Like You just, just want to share the joy. Yes. You want to make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. Which we are. Yeah. Yeah. But I will, if you go to a movie with me, I will frequently grab you. And not in a weird way, just your arm. <laughs> 
Just not your the arm. leering kind not of the way. Not the leering no, no, way. No, 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 and no, then no. I will also just want to ensure that you're having a great time. Which is a great, yeah. you know, person to go to a movie with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I am just chowing down on my big ass popcorn for well, dinner. Yeah. That's what I'm During doing too. But I'm looking dancing. at you. Watch yep. popcorn's flying out of During my mouth. all the pole dancing scene, just pushing that popcorn we were into getting my mouth. <laughs> we were getting it. That's what happened there. Loved it. Oof. We talked about yeah. a lot of sex stuff. We did. Yeah. I think Whew. it's time. Uh, I think it's time to say goodbye. It is. Yeah. Um, yes. But we're going to be back we next are. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com. Check out all the recommendations we made in this episode. Also, there, some fantastic bonus material. And if there's something there that you feel like missing, because we talked a lot in this episode yeah. about fulfilling desire. We sure did. If there is something there you need to see. We want to fulfill your desires. We will. It won't be sexual. Don't no, try that. No, no, no. Don't not, try it. Not don't, in a creepy. Don't do that. No. No. We haven't had to block anyone, but we will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> you so. trying to get us to fulfill your sexual desires will get you blocked. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. But if there's like a story you want to know. Sure. Yeah. You want to know about more about how we go to movies together? You know, listen, we're not going to tell you all about our sex lives, but you know. No, within, no. Within, yeah. Within don't reason. try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. I'll be up front with you. It's going to be boring. <laughs> go to the internet. That's worth a Google. You'll find way better stuff. Okay. Go to the Google. Go to the Google. Go to the Google and go find to the some sex stuff there. It's mm-hmm. easy to find. So easy. And Too man, easy. after you've listened to us talk about sex stuff. And even if we're not going to, you know, fulfill your sexual desires, we still want to hear from you as far as review. Tell us how you like our show. Do. We want to hear about it. Please tell us. Yeah. And so you have bonus. You could tell us about bonus things you want. You can tell us about how great we are. Mm -hmm. And you could give us a theme idea. If you're like, wow, that sex episode is great. But Mm. what if you did one about this? Thought you were going to come up with an example. I'm like, nope. I can't wait to hear this. Nope. No example. You <laughs> like, fill in the blank. The sex stuff no, theme. you fill in the blank. Okay. We Great. will rise to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, broadsandbooks.com. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open? The dreams are, they're in me, and they're, they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question.
Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.